What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago. Currently, the Inglewood neighborhood on the south side is without a full-service sit-down restaurant and has been that way for four years. But why? Block Club Chicago's Otavia Reed spoke with community members about the decades of hurdles they face to revitalize the neighborhood they love. It's Wednesday, January 31st. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is What Chicago's Talking About. Uh, Atavia, welcome back to CityCast. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no, we're happy to have you here. Uh, when I'm scrolling and I see a headline like, why are there no sit-down restaurants in Inglewood? I stop, right? And I jump into it and I read uh, immediately what this is about. Uh, because I got a lot of homies who live and work in Inglewood. And they work hard and they go hard for Inglewood. When we say sit-down restaurants... What exactly do we mean? Yeah, so I'm discussing full service, sit down, even white tablecloth restaurants, because Inglewood mm. does have fast food joints. You can stop by McDonald's or Checkers. Um, and there are also businesses like Kusaya Cafe where you can sit down and enjoy a good breakfast sandwich, coffee. Shout out to them. They are amazing. I love Kusaya yeah. Cafe. <laughs> they are amazing. But this is specifically, you know, somewhere you want to go after a graduation, an anniversary, or if you just want to sit down with the entire family family and have, you know, come on, have someone come and serve you. Inglewood doesn't have that. When was the last sit down restaurant in Inglewood closed? So the official last restaurant, that's hard to think about. I even asked neighbors that, like, when's the last time you remember sitting down, eating somewhere, some business that was in the community and they couldn't really think of it. But in terms of a, a quick restaurant that was there, it was Sakia at Kennedy King College. And okay. that was operated mm -hmm. by students at that college. And Sakia was great. I mean, people loved it. But the thing about it was that it was only open for a few hours, usually during lunch. And trying to get a reservation was it was tough. It was a place to be because yeah. it was the only place to be. And then you had other places, of course, like John's Drive-In and Georgia's Food Depot that people enjoyed going to as well. They've been in the community for decades. But when the pandemic hit, like a lot of other businesses, they had to close their sit down areas and now it's carry out only. As you talk to neighbors, as you talk to business owners, nonprofit leaders in the community, why is this story so significant? Yeah, I think Inglewood gets a lot of 
negative attention. I, I think it's a mix of good and bad, but a lot of it is bad. And I think what community members, organizers are trying to change right now is they're trying to let people see that like any other community in Chicago, Inglewood is dynamic. It has levels to it. It has a very rich history. And I mean, they're advocating for this. They're trying to make this happen, but a lot of people don't see the magic that's there. And why? <laughs> why not look at Inglewood and say, you know, this community deserves to have all these restaurants on every corner. You can drive through any other community and find that. So why not this one? Mm-hmm. I mean, people get lost in these sort of damning short-sighted headlines, but jump into the history as you went through this months-long process of, of, of pacing out this story. Not only when did these restaurants start, but kind of give me a picture of, uh, of Inglewood if we're going some decades back. Yeah, I think people look at Inglewood as it is now and they don't really pay attention to the history that that created that or that led to that. So beginning, you know, way back when early 1900s, Inglewood was predominantly a white neighborhood. Um, It had bustling stores. It had a lot of businesses, just a lot of people thriving in this community. And you get to about the like 1950s, 1960s, 1970s, and you have a lot of uh, black people coming from the South and migrating North. Mm -hmm. And a neighborhood that they settled in was Inglewood. And unfortunately, when that happens, that usually leads to white flight. Um, And white flight happens the community gets stripped of the resources that it has. So at one point, Inglewood, around the, like the 1920s, I mean, it was like a, a billion dollar industry happening there. Like mm-hmm. you could shop at any store. It's 63rd and Halston Street. People don't know this, but it used to be closed off. Like you could not drive through there. You could only walk around and visit these shops. I mean, it was like a very dynamic community. But when white flight starts to happen around, you know, the 1970s, those stores are gone, those businesses are closed. And what came out of that is, yes, a lot of people losing their jobs, unfortunately, or a lot of the homes, um, you know, becoming dilapidated, but also a lot of these black people in the community being like, okay, we are going to build the neighborhood exactly. we want to see. We, we, we are we, going to open to, to fill this <laughs> exactly. void. We build this in our own image and likeness, so to speak. Exactly. Like we're going to start opening these businesses that people need and we're going to cater to one another. Uh, If someone can't afford to eat right now, okay, we're going to give them that sandwich that they need. Like everyone took care of one another and people ignore that (laughs) because of a lot of the white flight and how the neighborhood was being stripped of what it had during that time. In the 80s, you have the influx of crack cocaine, which a lot of black neighborhoods experienced. The black population becomes villainized by a lot of political figures. More of those resources are taken away. A lot of those businesses are closed, unfortunately. And from there, you start to see these vacant lots, these shuttered businesses. And I mean, of course, there's a lot of history there. I mean, you could talk about land sale contracts and how aspiring black homeowners were having their homes sold to them at like an 84% markup. You could talk about redlining. I mean, there's a lot of discriminatory practices also happening during this time. But you reach the late 80s, early 90s, and the community is almost a shell of itself in a way where, where people were rebuilding, they had a lot of those things taken from them. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. 
As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you could transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Now, at this point, you see many members in the community who are building back, you, you know, whether it's Imagine Inglewood, Inglewood Brander, whether it's Rage Inglewood, a lot of these homegrown uh, individuals are purchasing up these lots, are building peace campuses, are, are hosting events weekly, have a calendar full of events, and yet they're still running into these barriers to, to open as, as basic a neighborhood amenity as a restaurant in Inglewood. What are those major obstacles that people are facing to revitalizing? Yeah, and I love that you touched on the fact that there are people who are doing the work right now because there are, I mean, Inglewood is a force. There are community organizers. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Aisha and <laughs> yeah. Michelle and Heavy and, and Dion and so many other people. Yeah, the problem right now, not only in Inglewood, but in Chicago, is if a business owner wants to open any type of business, it's become a very costly, difficult process. There are these barriers that are preventing them from doing that. In Inglewood in particular, not only are they facing those barriers, but there's also a lot of vacant lots they're dealing with along commercial corridors where there are buildings that maybe someone could rent or buy up, um, a lot of those owners are selling it to them. So they can't do that. Or let's say you do open a business, but surround it all around you are these vacant businesses. Chances are that someone might not stop there. So they're facing that as well. And then the cost. I mean, I spoke with Daryl Fury and he's the owner of Hot Brats and he's making it happen. But he spoke about, I mean, just to have a sign up, it's like $300 that he has to pay. And this is a recurring payment that he has to keep up. And that's in addition to having a staff, having food, you know, paying rent. Like there's just there are so many things that go into owning and operating a business that I think someone who doesn't own a business doesn't think about. Um, and that's no fault to them because it seems like, you know, if you want to do it, but there are a lot of steps that you have to take to have your business going continuously in the city. How are not only community members, but the city navigating those challenges? Yeah, and that's really tough. I mean, the focus of the story, or one of the, the focus of the story was uh, Dion Lucas, who you mentioned is the leader of E.G. Wood and is really just, I mean, making it happen in greater Inglewood, West Inglewood, Inglewood, all of it. And he wants to build a, a restaurant hub, essentially, where there will be two restaurants. People can go there and, uh, you know, there'll be like a starter kitchen where they can operate in there. There'll be off 
offices, just this mega hub that the community hasn't had before. And he's been facing barriers at the city council level because when he tried to get about $7.1 million in um, tax increment financing, which is provided by the city, uh, they were like, Essentially, let's let's wait. <laughs> let's just vote on this another time. And the reason they said that is because the alts at the time were David Moore and Raymond Lopez. But they were like, well, this taps into all of our wards and we want to be able to see how that money can be distributed to us. There are a lot of things that Inglewood needs and a restaurant is great. But in Alderman Moore's case, he's like, I want to help build up Ogden Park. And the problem that you start to face there is... Inglewood deserves both of those things. It, it should have restaurants, it should have parks, it should have you know bustling hubs that people can visit that caters to everyone of all ages. But at the same time, it's it becomes like a either or instead of a yes and. And I think that that, that is a barrier problem that people are facing, at least at the city level right now. I mean, did any of the people you talked to in this story talk about just some of the challenges of, of sustaining those businesses once they're open? Because even with these beautiful projects we're talking about, we're thinking four or five restaurants for a neighborhood of, of 24,000. You know, I just saw a tweet the other day. Uh, somebody was like, man, they went 53rd Street out. Right? <laughs> and so we know that there is space for more and more, you know, uh, young entrepreneurs, folks who want to to bring restaurants, folks who want to bring clothing stores, amenities, barbershop. Like we, we, we know. Uh, that there is range. Uh, so, so what are some of those challenges to building out some of those empty corridors? Yeah, they spoke on that. I mean, a big problem right now or the hurdle that they need to cross is being able to get those buildings or at least have the people who own those vacant abandoned buildings rent them out to people who want to open businesses. So you can start to see something like 53rd Street and Hyde Park where you can walk down an entire street and there's just an array of businesses that you can visit. And what they're saying is that when when the community has it, people will come. Um, Dion Lucas mentioned in North Lawndale, there's a restaurant like Soul Food Lounge that has just grown and people love it. And the, the potential is there. It's just people investing and believing in what can be and, and not just seeing a uh, a community filled with blight. I mean, you talk about people who are still uh, doing the work. Uh, Sakia, the student-run restaurant, is slated to open back up this fall, but even then, still with some of those limited hours. What are some of those other restaurant projects underway, uh, and and how far along are they? Uh, they're all building from the ground up right now, so mm-hmm. they aren't as close to opening as Sakia is right now, but. Those organizers like Dion Lucas or Aisha Butler, they're, I mean, they're, they're working hard to make it happen. Um, right now, they own those buildings, which is huge because at least they have that. But they still have to do the costly work of building the restaurant from the ground up. They have to, um, yeah, work through that process. Daryl Fury, however, is the owner of Hot Brats and his restaurant is open. People can go there and they can enjoy his food that he's cooking by himself. He is running that business as a one man show right now. Uh, but I mean, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done from inside and outside of the community. And hopefully as people begin to see what Englewood could be and they want to make it bigger and brighter than it was before, they'll start to invest in the community and build those restaurants that people want. What are some of the places folks can stop by now um, as they come through the neighborhood, even as we're on this road towards, you know, hopefully getting three, four, uh, maybe by the end of 2024? 
Yeah. Kusanya Cafe. That's one of my favorite places. I mean, not only is it affordable, but the food is good. You can get sandwiches, you can get coffee, tea. I mean, they really have the works and they're mm-hmm. so warm. There can be some performances <laughs> in there. Yeah. Like, and when you walk in there, it's so peaceful. I don't know how to explain it, but you'll have a busy day. You'll just walk in there and you'll be like, you know what? It's okay. So Kusanya Cafe is an amazing place. Um, Dion Lucas, who wants to open the, the food hub, he already has a hub that's open right now on 63rd street that you can visit and there's um a coffee shop in there there aren't unfortunately any other restaurants but you can get coffee on the go which is really nice but outside of that i mean there aren't unfortunately that many places at inglewood that you can at least sit down and enjoy a meal you can still go to george's food depot or john's drive-in those places are open for food to go but yeah it's a it's it's a work in progress in the community I'll say support Inglewood businesses. This story was specifically about the lack of restaurants, but there are people doing dope work in the community. And I mean, whether if that's if you're buying clothes from the community or you're just visiting some of the local shops, there's a pet supply store that opened mm-hmm. in Inglewood. There's the Go Green or Racing Market. I mean, there are people who are there doing that work. Support them and hit up the ice skating rink. It's the last week when it's open, it's closing on the first. So if you can get in there, Whenever, I don't know, skate. Get in there if you can. <laughs> we appreciate you so much. Atavia Ree is a Block Club Chicago reporter covering Inglewood, Auburn, Gresham, and Chatham. Thank you for making time for CityCast today. Thank you. This was so fun. Before I let you go, for more news and events, stay tapped into our website, chicago.citycast.fm. We got neighborhood guides, an event calendar, and you can subscribe to our Hey Chicago newsletter. Of course, some good news. Speaking of events calendar, you can check out Rage Inglewood's calendar in the show notes. Tonight from 6 to 7.30 p.m., they have an MLK celebration at Kennedy King College. There's also a free paint and sip at Limbloom Park off 60th and Damon, but it's non-alcoholic bevs, y'all. We appreciate you for listening, reading, becoming a CityCast member. We'll be here bright and early tomorrow. Will you? No, you won't. You know, it's cool. We got other people who go listen on Thursday. That's that's cool with me. That's cool with me. You one day. One, nope, nope. Friday. All right. You said what you had to say. I'm out. <laughs>